as we get older and teaching the next generation, there is a different way to navigate life. And if you would have asked me, ladies, I don't know, 15 years ago, would I be sitting here talking to you about the power of a female, about female relationships? I would have said, not Leah. Like it's, I would have just said it's too complicated. So I have gone from a very jaded personal view to a full-on advocate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Power Up Women. I'm Ann Doyle. Hi, I'm Dana Harvey. Boy, Dana, what a week we have had. You know, we, of course, are here in Detroit. Uh, I've got snow up to my knees in my backyard. But, you know, looking around the country, uh, my brother Tom is in Chicago. He said they got 18 inches on top of the 20 inches that they already had in Chicago and, and poor Texas. They are struggling. Almost 3 million people without power. They are really having a hard time. And we yeah. thought that we had it bad up here in the north. Yeah, no, nothing compared to all these uh, people all around the southern part of the United States who are, are really suffering right now. Yeah. But, you know, it's also Black History Month. so Exactly, exactly. which is why we love talking to guests like the one we have today. The past couple of months have just been tremendous with Black women and their involvement in, in politics and, and leadership. I mean, we have you know, this young poet who addressed the nation for the inauguration, exactly, Amanda Gorman. She's on the front of Time Magazine. She's phenomenal. I know she's been around, but, you know, we love to see her lifted. And we're still celebrating Kamala Harris's rise and ascension to, you know, one of the highest offices in the world as the vice president. So, you know, these women are doing things and, and it's just exciting to lift the voices and the profiles of Black women during Black History Month. I know. I mean, I think immediately, of course, of Stacey Abrams, an incredible force in, in terms of registering voters. And I think we're we're going to see her, obviously, perhaps elected governor of Georgia someday, perhaps the United States Senate. We're going to see a lot from her. U.S. Representative Stacey Plaskett from the Virgin Islands. I mean, she was amazing during the impeachment trial. And remember, we talked to the, the WNBA players. Exactly. We did that podcast with some of the players from the Atlanta Dream who really were an incredible example of using their collective power about supporting Black, Black Lives Matter, but also uh, getting involved in politics. That's right. These women are still making history. I love it. Yeah, well, that's all of that is just a great example of what we're all about here at Power Up Women, which is women supporting one another. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So joining us from sunny, warm Bermuda, we have Leah J.M. Dean, the author of a new book, Assemble the Tribe, Believe in Your Value, Find Belonging, and Be Different. And, you know, besides being an author of her book, which I have here and I've read and I'm going to recommend, uh, she is the founder and CEO of Conduit International. Uh, she's a career and life coach. She's a speaker. She's a former HR executive, and she's the mother of two children. But bottom line is uh, she shared the passion that we have, which is really helping to empower women. So welcome from Bermuda, Leah. Thank you, ladies. I am so excited to be here. And it's Black History Month. And we're talking about women supporting women. I mean, we are right, right in my pocket today. So I'm excited to be here. 
Yeah, so I know that you probably have some ideas or some thoughts or some comments just about some of these women who have been lifting up their leadership, you know, these past couple months. Yeah, I mean, I think 2020 was an interesting year in so many ways. It was 100 years after the passage of the 19th Amendment. And so to see so many women step into leadership roles or roles where they were trying, where they bought about, they weren't even trying, they bought about change, especially Black women. I think, you know, I'm not American, but just to watch the impact that assembling people together, assembling groups of women to lead change, I think it was quite powerful to watch. And, you know, in my, in my book and in my thinking around the book, there is a lot of political divides and things that separate us. And just to watch these women push, you know, whether it's Stacey Abrams or Latasha Brown, just to push women together to create these movements to influence change. I just thought it was quite powerful. And it's a, it's a nice thing to celebrate in Black History Month. So speaking of assembling tribes and all the work that it goes into, you have this incredible book that you wrote. Tell us about it. What was the purpose and the passion behind it? I never intended to write Assemble the Tribe, which is the thing that makes it so unique for me. I have been working in human resources for a long time. For the last few years, I've been developing and producing women's events and conferences. And so after our second event, which was, I think, back in 2017, 2018, I woke up one morning and something just said, go sit at the computer. And I was reluctant because I do not really like to get up early in the morning, but I went and I sat down and I, I kid you not, the entire outline for the book was downloaded into my mind. So I always tell folks, this book is divinely inspired. I was supposed to write it. And it's been quite a journey um, in, in learning what it really means to assemble the tribe. So tell us about your book. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you end up doing? I mean, you had it so, in your mind, but it uh, I've written a book, so I know that it's one thing to have it in your mind, and it's another thing to produce it on paper. Yeah, so it, when I first sat down to write the outline, I thought that I was writing a book about how to teach women how to create these strong, healthy groups. Lar three or more, right? I, I have a group, there are eight of us. At one point there were 10. We are so much stronger nearly 20 years later. And so I thought if I could just teach women how to do this, then I would have achieved something that we have a tribe to do life with. And as I started to pull what it, pull the word tribe and what it really meant to have tribe, I think I, it was a shock to me. It wasn't what I thought it was. I thought it was just a group and what I've learned is that if you just look at the word tribe on its own, because I had to start there, what does it really mean to have a tribe? The word over history is complicated. It's used in many different ways. Some social scientists say keep it, others say throw it out. And so, you know, from time to time, my husband and other friends would often say, are you sure? Are you sure you really want to use that word? You know, it's used a lot in politics. He watches a lot of news. And in the end, after reading all of the complexity around that word, I decided that it was perfect. And the reason why the word tribe is perfect is because in the same way that the word is complicated as human beings, and especially as women, we're complicated individuals. And so tribes are really about bringing together individually complex people 
with shared values and beliefs who choose to come together in various forms to create relationship. And so that was, I think, the foundation of my work that we as human beings are all individually complicated and part of coming together and creating tribes and thriving, which is what I want my readers to do, is about how we show up in these relationships as individually complex people. It's interesting about the word tribe and how women tend to naturally gravitate in groups. But as you wrote, there are some philosophies and some mindsets that that women have about not having female friends. What is your thought process on on what, what brought that about and how you're hoping that your book can alleviate that philosophy so that we do use our collective feminine energy. Every woman that I've talked to has a story. We all have a story about how we think about our tribes and our relationships. And a lot of it is rooted in rejection that we experienced as young women and and often as children. So I conducted a research study with over 1,200 women. And what I found was 63% of them had been a part of a group. 71% had experienced some form of rejection Um, 50% under the age of 18, and I believe 25% under the age of 12. And so what that said to me, and and I looked at all kinds of demographics, there was no statistically significant difference across any demographic. As women, we're more alike than we are different sometimes in that pain that we've experienced. And so I think that was a big part of, or that forms a big part of the reason why sometimes we struggle as women to come together because our relationship story, often from the time that we're very young, has been a difficult one. And so what was really interesting about the research is when I asked how many of you had the opportunity to observe positive female group relationships as children, only less than 54% of women said that they had seen positive relationships. But then when I asked them, when you did observe a positive relationship, what was the impact that that had? And over 75% said, you know what, that made me want those connections more. And so what that says to me is we've all had this sometimes rocky beginning, but when we as Gen X and boomers and millennials show up differently for the generation that's coming, my daughter's Gen Z, then that can have an impact and start to change the relationship story that we have as women. You know, I love the word tribe and I have actually used it myself. And I talked about it in my own book, that, that word, because I I think about it in terms of, you know, we've always seen this whole, I think you called it a male, a male friendship strategy, which a lot of professional women, you know, for many decades worked hard to be one of the guys often at the expense of honoring relationships with other women. And so talk, share your thoughts about what you felt yourself or maybe what you learned from your research in terms of there's a lot of really negative cultural forces, I think, that that teach women. I mean, there are these ideas that women women can't get along with each other, catfights you know, that they, you can't trust women. There's a whole lot of that in the air that I think is part of it too. I mean, absolutely. But some of it is the stories, some of it is our experience and some of it is the stories that we tell ourselves. And so 
I think, you know, I could definitely get into all of the negative stereotypes and there are lots of them, you know, and, and if you read my book, I talk a bit about the research that I did around the stereotypes and experiences that we have, you know, women should be this, we should be that, we should show up in this way. And I just have found that it is, it is more constructive to say, do I want to have positive relationships? Do I want to make an impact? And then you have to really shift make a mindset shift, which is one of the other foundational principles in my book, we have to decide that these relationships matter. And, and I, I don't want you to take my word for it. In the book, I lay out what I call my business case for why we have to have healthy tribes. I mean, there is some research that I found around the health benefits of tribe that are absolutely stunning. I, I interviewed a doctor who did a landmark study with 2000 women in China on breast cancer reoccurrence and mortality rates. And basically what she said was that the women who had better quality relationships, they were the ones who survived. Those are the ones who um, their reoccurrence and their mortality rates were much lower. And so, yes, there are lots of negative issues that we've dealt with over time, but as we get older and teaching the next generation, there is a different way to navigate life. And if you would have asked me, ladies, I don't know, 15 years ago, would I be sitting here talking to you about the power of a female, about female relationships? I would have said, not Leah. Like it's, I would have just said it's too complicated. So I have gone from a very jaded personal view to a full on advocate. I mean, I, this morning, just this morning, I participate in a coaching session for over a hundred women who had come together with volunteer coaches to teach them how to develop their presentation skills. Like there's something palpable that happens when you assemble women for positive impact. It was so supportive. The folks that we were coaching, they were so excited. And, you know, it's just been a metamorphosis for me personally. That is powerful. And I'm just imagining it as you speak about that. I also wanted to ask you about your research about loneliness and social isolation and how that increases mortality rates. And so that leads into how important that these relationships are. Did you, and, and, and did you notice anything regarding that research and your writing and how that may have transpired during COVID? You know, this was a difficult year for us and you know, how do those relationships, even pre-COVID, they were important, but how much more so the connectivity that we had while we were isolated? I love that you brought that up because there are three reasons why I think this book and this topic is so important. One is relationships, the other is rejection that we just talked about, and the third is kind of the world's reliance that we have on women. But in the context of relationships and COVID, the, the virus literally ripped us apart, whether we wanted connection or not. I really just wanted people to understand this is not Leah sat down and wrote a book because she has a great friend group. The data says that we literally have to have these relationships to live healthier and happier. And there's also research that will show that when women come together, like physiologically, it actually helps us to balance our stress. 
And so while all relationships are healthy, the research shows that sometimes there's something special that happens when women come together to support each other. And that's what I wanted to encourage the, the reader to really strive for. You know, of course, our listeners always want to know more about you on top of what you've learned and your book and your research and your passion. We're curious about, you know, how you got to this place, because you even said yourself, you know, when you were like a teenager and in college and even at the beginning of your career, you did not have a mindset about aligning with other women. Was there a person or a defining moment that had an impact on where you are today in terms of your leadership journey and and what you're sharing with others? I grew up in Bermuda, but one of the other things that's maybe some will find it interesting about me is within Bermuda, I grew up on another small island. It was 23 acres. My parents were the caretakers. And so one of the interesting things about being a caretaker on a campground is that For maybe three or four months of the year, there are hundreds of people coming through this campground. And then for the rest of the year, you're in relative isolation. And I was a very, very social child. And so I I needed to have company and people around. But what I what where I think the foundation for this mindset came from is my parents they were very open during those summer months. Like they would literally throw our doors open to anyone um, as long as it was safe, but they would throw our doors open and welcome people that were different who didn't look like us from all walks of life. So I think my parents really taught me what it means to be open and to treat people as if they have value. And so even though in my in my own childhood and teenage years, I would experience these moments of rejection. I had this beautiful example with my family and my parents where they were showing me what would be possible if you would continue to shift your mindset. And so, I, you know, when, when I talk to folks about this, sometimes I say my life was an interesting, di- you know, kind of dichotomy or paradox between openness and these moments of rejection. And I think when you, when you sometimes get to those teenage years, you, you really just don't want to deal with it. And so that's where I started to entrench. Um, but in my role as a CHRO and de- dealing with issues of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and really digging into that work and understanding some of the different dynamics for women in the workplace, I think as I matured, my view started to shift. And then at the same time, I had that group of women that I was traveling life with for 20 years. And so in my personal life, I saw what it could do. And then in my professional life, the the context was changing and I had to focus more on diversity, equity, and inclusion in support of my work. And so I think it was any natural at some point that they were gonna collide And they really collided, um, I think, with the birth of Design for Impact, which is my women's conference, which then, as you just heard a little while ago, led to the book. So I I think that people will be especially excited to know that, you know, what they learn in reading your book will either reinforce what they suspected or give them a glimpse of what they can do better in terms of forming positive female relationships and creating their own tribes. Is there anything in particular that you 
ask your readers to do? What kind of call to action do you want them to take? One, read the book because after every every chapter, there are actually reflection questions where I am saying, remember this, reflect on these questions, and then here are some ways where you can show up different. And so one of the foundations of my book is it's based on what I call my tribe building formula, which is believe, belong, be different. And so my call to action for all my readers is to believe in your value, to find places to belong and experience belonging and then show up different. And if you don't mind, I just want to unpack that a little bit because this is like the foundation of all of my work. Um, sure. So believe in your value. Value is importance, it's utility, it's worth. And definitionally belief is actually a habit of the mind in which you build trust or confidence in a person or thing. And what I learned is that in order for us to have healthy relationships and, and to have this sense of tribe, the first relationship that has to be healthy is the relationship that we have with ourselves. So I had to go on this kind of journey of self-awareness and writing down all of the reflections. You know, we're not everybody's cup of tea. We're not always gonna get a, along with everyone, but if you shift your mindset and you really believe that you have value both in terms of your strengths and your personality and your experiences, then when you walk into a room, it becomes less of who's looking at me, what do they like? And it becomes, what can I bring to this room because I'm worth it and I have something that's valuable. And so that's the first part. I want every woman to take some time to reflect, what is my value? What am I offering? So that's the first part. Once you do the self-work, ladies, then you get to take that person, that more whole person into these places where you belong and experience belonging. And they're different. You can belong to an organization. You can belong to a church. You can belong to a club, but you may not feel the intimacy and connection. And that's where that mindset around how you show up and bringing your whole self starts to really make a difference. Because when I'm coming not worried about the friction and looking to create unity, then that helps you to experience that belonging. And I'm hoping that you can create full environments where everyone has kind of that same philosophy. And so that's where we belong. And then the beautiful part at the end is then you should just be able to show up different with everyone else, right? Um, we only have so much, I talk about the paradox of openness and capacity in the book. Like if there's any so much time in the day, what do you do with everyone else? And the answer is, well, you just show up differently every day. You, you don't necessarily have the capacity to have deep relationships with everyone you meet, but in those moments when you meet them, you can give something to that situation and create almost a moment of tribe. So worst case scenario, you might be rejected. And I'm not suggesting that rejection doesn't hurt. But best case scenario, if you show up every day and you be different, you may add some new people to your tribe. And we need multiple people at different points in our lives to complete our sense of wholeness. If you think you can have one friend or even one tribe and it's going to sustain you for everything that you need in life, in my experience and in talking to you know many, many women, that's not true. Today, I was with a group of women who want to be better professional speakers. We created a tribe to help them do just that. And I'm sure they have other tribes and other groups that they're a part of, but we needed to create that tribe to meet that need. 
Belief, belong, be different. That's my formula. And I think everyone should, should use it to build their tribes. Well, you couldn't possibly have known when you started writing this book, what perfect timing your book would be for the moment that we are in right now in terms of um, not only the, the pandemic that has divided people, but obviously the political divides that we are coping with in the United States. So how can people get in touch with you? So I am, I, I'm, I'm new to, to social media, so I am definitely learning, but I'm everywhere. I have YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and um, my handle is at Leah J.M. Dean. And then you can also visit my book website, which is www.assemblethetribe.com. And that will take you right into my website as well. Before we wrap this up, and you may want to join us in this, uh, that Dana and I um, like to share something with our listeners about, you know, something new that we've just discovered, maybe a new podcast, a book we're reading, a, a movie. And so I'll start because something I'm excited about is I love podcasts, uh, not only our own, but uh, I listen to a lot of them. And I'm listening to an NPR podcast called Everything for Selena. And it's an NPR um, nine episodes about, you know, the legendary Mexican-American uh, singer, Selena, who died at only 23 years old. Uh, she was shot by the president of her own fan club. Um, but it's really a fascinating story, not only about the legendary impact this very, very young woman had on uh, Tejano and pop music, but it's a great way to practice my Spanish, too, because the episodes are in, you can listen in English or you can listen in, in Spanish. So that's my contribution this week. Well, for me, I am learning and listening to a lot more of Amanda Gorman. This young lady has just inspired me and I see uh, what she can inspire to the generations that come um, after her. And a, a quote that I think that really moves me from her is, I'm learning that I am not lightning that strikes once. I am the hurricane that comes every single year and you can expect to see me again soon. So what I took from that is showcasing other women who are doing phenomenal things. And, and my personal commitment for this month is to highlight uh, Black women business owners on my social media page. So I've got about 10 so far. And I think once I start sharing, the hurricanes will keep coming. So I'm excited about lifting those voices. How about you, Leah? Leah do you want so there's a really great podcast that I started listening to. It's called How to End the Room with Vivcott. Viv Groskop. She is an English comedian. But for those women who are interested in speaking and projecting their voice, she interviewed Hillary Rodham Clinton and Chelsea. I mean, she just had some phenomenal, phenomenal guests. Michelle Obama, speechwriter. It's just really, really great content for women who want to project their voices with content. I mean, with confidence, sorry. So I'd highly recommend. Well, that's a great tip. So thanks so much for joining us from Bermuda. Uh, Leah J.M. Dean, author of Assemble the Tribe. And our thanks, of course, to Robin Kinney of her Motor City Women Studio here in Detroit for producing Power Up Women. I'm Ann Doyle. And I'm Dana Harvey. So let's, let's, all, let's go. all go. Power, Power up. up.
Thanks so much for joining. We hope you'll subscribe and share with us your network and rate us on Apple and Google Podcasts. And Dana and I, of course, would love to hear from you through our email, which is powerupwomen.com or join our Power Up Women Facebook group. And remember, power is the currency for getting things done. So claim yours and put it to work.